Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast here for another bonus episode. Peter, what's shaking? Well, we are getting close to summer here in Ontario, probably where you are as well. Uh, so I hope your riding is coming along well or your, your exercising, your moving is going well. We are excited, you know, as, as this pandemic stuff sort of starts easing off, maybe, hopefully, uh, we're starting to see more clinics, more sessions getting booked. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, along those lines, people are starting to kind of sharpen the saw on their bike skills. Well, you know, I think it's actually this last year, I think there's people have had time and space to work on it, right? And one place that I've seen that is is on this, this uh, Ryan Leach's, he has an online mountain bike skills coaching uh, membership site. Um, and it's actually been really cool. There's people from all around the world and what you do is you can follow. So you want to do the wheelie challenge or you want to do the bunny hop challenge or, or this latest course he has is bulletproof basics. So we should say like, this isn't the kind of training peak sort of thing where you get like a ride, you know, 35 minutes at this pace or something like that kind of coaching. Right. This is video skill based learning. So probably, yeah, probably closer to what you might've done at like a skills camp, right. For cyclocross, you know, we do this in person you know so this is in lieu or perhaps to augment your in-person skills coaching indeed that's i have several clients who do both right they they have the online they follow along with the whatever skill they're into right now and then they actually come and get coaching you know in a group in a clinic setting uh, in person, right? In real life, as they say. Yeah. And what I've always liked about Ryan's site is, you know, it's stuff that you can add in to whatever kind of training you're already doing. Most of the stuff is like five to 10 minutes a day worth of work. So, you know, last month we were doing sort of that, like, can everyone spend five minutes a day working on a bike skill? Uh, this is basically helping you do that in a like, well, it guides actual it. progression. It guides it, yeah. And versus looking things up on YouTube, you know, for free, where it's one quick tip, this is, you know, taking you through different again progressions right with a wheelie we start with uh, i think it actually just starts with one like you you do one power stroke and the wheel sort of comes up and we work on that because that's oh, often heck, day one is like getting your bikes out. right right all these other barriers right so uh, today, Ryan and I talk a lot about his new course, this Bulletproof Basics, which is going through things like that. Actually, we talk a lot about the the one, the first section of the course is about just learning how to shift, but while you're standing still, because this is a barrier that a lot of riders have on trail, right? You get in, you're in the wrong gear at the bottom of a hill, and it takes you a long time to get riding again. And one of the biggest things that helps you get better is is if you can get more repetitions, right? So this just might be more more time on trail, more trail you've covered, or it might be getting rolling again so you can try a log hop or try a wheelie, right? So I really like this new course because it's really addressing some of these barriers that you wouldn't think to address or, or even think about. Yeah, for sure. And Ryan, we should point out, is a now three-time consummate athlete guest and was our first ever interview. We interviewed him uh, back at Sea Otter in uh, probably 2016. Yeah, 2016. And yeah, first first interview that we had on the show. And we were on his podcast back when he had one. I think it was uh, called ProVisions. Yeah. I think that it was. Yeah. Ryan is an ex-trials professional. You've probably seen him performing uh, even as recently as 2016, 2017 at something like a, a Moab mountain bike festival or the Sea Otter Classic. Or I know here in our Toronto bike show, he was a staple. He'd have, you know, he'd be one of these people jumping from a truck roof to another truck roof and then off of a big box or balancing on something super narrow, right? So that's basically if you're a Canadian who is into cycling and are around Peter's age, you have 110% seen Ryan. Yes. Otherwise, like there's a good chance you've seen him, but like might not remember it. I think that's that's probably true. Yeah, we, we like him here in Canada a lot. Yeah. Um, but he was in a lot of those mountain bike movies that you might remember from, you know, those not the 90s, the early aughts, um, you know, around sort of the free ride movement. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you saw any of those movies, there's a good chance you saw Ryan in one of those. Uh, he's also really into yoga and then again has been running this this coaching membership site now for I, th I he said six years. I think it's been longer than six years, but 
at least six years. So we have a lot of cases of people, you know, again, learning to wheelie from nothing, manually from nothing. And now this great course, I think that's going to help you overcome some of these, these common issues that we might not even notice on the trail. Right. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this episode with Ryan Leach. Enjoy. All right. I'm very pleased to welcome Ryan Leach back for his third appearance. I think he's pulling into the lead for one of our most frequent, if not the most frequent guest we've had on the Consummate Athlete podcast. He is a trials extraordinaire and he works with the RL mountain bike, uh, online mountain bike coaching, uh, which is a great resource that's been super helpful for people during the pandemic, especially, but you know, beyond and, and past here, we're going into this, this new world. And, and I'm very excited uh, to be talking to him about his new course, the be- Beginner's Blast Off, um, which we'll talk a lot about today and sort of what's encased in that. But Ryan, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, glad to be back for sure. And I was just thinking, gosh, I think I might have been the very first guest you had on the podcast when you started it. And I think it might have been at the Sea Otter Classic in Monterey, California yes. that we remember, recorded it. Remember those it days? Like in person yes. events. Yes in-person festival which was amazing and i'm so excited for and, those and you fit us in as again. a true a true professional and performer i think you fit us in like right after you had you know performed for hundreds and thousands of people oh you my were hopping gosh. around you know exerting all this energy and <laughs> Uh, and then we, yeah. we, we snuck into a tent and recorded it. So, so. Yeah. yeah, those were busy. Those were busy days. It's incredible to think back, you know, having traveled the world for 20 years performing and being in an event like that, when I'm performing multiple times a day and getting pulled this way and that way, you know, those were some intense, busy times and gosh, such an exciting life to live. And it's such a contrast to where I'm at now. I've been at my home here on the Sunshine Coast in BC for, well, I mean, since the beginning of, of COVID, this is by far the longest I've not moved or traveled. And I mean, it's the story for everyone, I guess, around the world. What a, what a wild time that we're all in this same similar experience, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm loving just being in one spot. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm so fortunate to be in such a beautiful part of the world. You know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful. It's not that favorable for a lot of people I know, but here, here I am just being in a great spot for, for, yeah, running this online business. It's been, it's been well, and you, you do videos sometimes situation. for us sort of as our, our staff meetings, I guess, in, in lieu of getting together for staff meetings and you took us through, you just built a sauna. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a, a winter project. It was a, you know, you can build a sauna or you can build like, I kind of ended up going over the top. I thought, okay, just build a, you know, throw together a sauna, but, you know, three and a half months, four month long project building this beautiful cedar, creative, artful sauna with a green roof. I just been tending to my garden on the roof, growing some veggies and it's a wood fired sauna and I live across the street from the ocean. So I I'd been swimming all, all winter. And that was the inspiration for the sauna. I was like, Oh gosh, wouldn't it be so nice to come back to a sauna right. after swimming in the ocean? So yeah, totally fortunate lifestyle here and, you know, wow. working from home running this business and uh what have you noticed you know, you know let's let's go on the sauna for a second here oh, yeah this, this yeah. is very trendy i see a lot of these saunas popping up the cold mm-hmm. stuff is also this is contrast you're going back and forth like have mm-hmm. you noticed like is your mood better have you found like are you is your fitness mm-hmm. better what have you noticed mm-hmm. yeah well i mean the the cold swims that started before i was able to contrast it with the hot so the cold swims i mean that was transformative you know it's a mental practice really sure there's breathing involved but it is a challenge to be in cold water and breathe so my practice is it turned out that my practice ended up being okay go into the ocean and can i be relaxed enough to in you know six degree water in the ocean to to pee (laughs) and that's part of the practice. So it's, you know, just jump in the ocean, hang out for a bit, relax and pee. Okay. And if I can do that, then, you know, I know I'm breathing. I know I'm relaxed. I know my mind's not busy. Sure. And 
Okay. I haven't heard that before, but that, that's a good, well, that I mean, good, I don't know. It is it's a just... good test of your, whether you're relaxed. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah. You know, you're so. clenching, you know, you can see how you wouldn't be able to. Uh, uh-huh. So then the sauna is, is, you know, this is like actually just your reward for, you were already jumping in the ocean, but this is like, okay, if you do that, then you can go and warm up. Is that, that yeah. yeah, kind of. And you know, it's interesting. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, none of this is to try to gain extra performance you know, the cold swims, it's just what felt good. It, it just became this ritual. I mean, I just, the effects of being enlivened, energized, the ocean just brings this energizing aliveness, just the, the, the spontaneous urge to go in the ocean. There's no routine. It might be, might be after a run. It might be first thing in the morning in the pouring rain. I might just wander there in the dark and you know whatever the, the urge generally it ended up being about five days a week through the winter and it's just brought so much positive energy peacefulness you know experiencing the power of the ocean i mean just this ocean that connects all parts of the world you know right. that is most of the world covers you know there's this tremendous um, it almost becomes like something, if I'm not getting in there, it feels like something's missing and right. It's become a habit. Yeah. We talk about this. Yeah. Idea it's like, it becomes more painful not to do it right. To like not, to to, yeah. And so, and then, you know, this sauna project, you know, I had some extra time and energy and so thought, and this, some space in the backyard. So a buddy of, of mine and I built this sauna. Okay. That was going to be my question. Cause you have been quite elite at trials, which takes a lot of time. And usually the trade-off when you're elite at something is you don't develop a lot of other skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, damn, how did Ryan learn how to do all this like building? And Oh and, yeah. You know, well, I've always run a hammer here. How is he doing this? <laughs> I've always, yeah, no, I've always been into woodworking and, uh, okay. And I didn't know my, that. My dad was always handy. And so I always helped him with little renos and house renos. And I did a lot of reno work on, um, on a previous house and, uh, always up to little projects here and there. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so then the other thing you've been up to then is this, this bulletproof basics course. Um, you know, this is, you know, for beginners. Um, yeah, you actually had mentioned it being called beginners blast off, which was the name, the original name, but as I produced the course, it turned out that, well, this actually isn't just for beginners. This is right. for the experienced rider who wants to work, you know, go back to the basics, eliminate bad habits, you know, get a fresh start, learn some things that they may have missed in the learning trajectory as they become, you know, maybe a little more rigid or stale or stuck in a, stuck in a groove. And we have been seeing that. Yeah. It's not just, you know, there's someone who I've had actually at a clinic I was just talking to yesterday on the, you know, the course and and the way this works is, you know, there's videos that Ryan's laid out, you know, lessons, there's words, there's a video, you sort of do that. You step through the courses and we have this for wheelies and jumping and uh, all sorts of different skills. So this is this new Mm -hmm. one. Um, and then the, the twist that, uh, Ryan adds, we add is, is that you can post a video, uh, for feedback, right? And this is, I think is the, the, the key difference with this, this membership site is that you're actually going to get coaching and feedback, you know, and, mm-hmm. and try and keep, we try and keep you on the path, right? Wherever your path mm-hmm. is taking you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was talking to a, an athlete who had come to a, a clinic, right? And she was doing mm-hmm. the one you have is around shifting and sort of getting started, you know, maybe there's a hill or you're in the wrong gear and, and it just yeah. like, it's stuff like this that's in the course that I think is, you know, with the feedback you've been getting here is that it's like, finally, like I, this has been my struggle, right? It's not bunny yeah. hopping. It's not even riding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, yeah, it's not even, it's not a particular skill necessarily that's being taught in this course. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it'll be interesting to see. I was talking to her, you know, it was sort of like this, you put the brakes on hundred percent and then you're sort of pushing the bike forward. And I'll be interesting to see how some of that stuff where we're static actually transfers when, when someone starts doing something like a, a log over, right. Where you're actually like pushing the bars. And sometimes that can be, you know, mm-hmm. a limiter for people. I'll be interested to see if we see that, uh, you know, transferring almost. Right. Yeah. You know, it's my original theory and, and what, I've seen with some of the test students is that the improvements happen almost in an imperceptible kind of way for them. There's this ease at which students can work through the drills without, without 
overloading themselves mentally or physically without being coached in a way that creates these mental blocks. They're very friendly and digestible lessons and drills that can be worked through steadily. And, you know, if, if done in a way that they're at, you know, if followed closely, the pro the protocol, the progressions, and if the student actually goes out and gets on their bike and explores and practices each of these drills, then, you know, to answer your question, the translation to some of the more advanced skills will be much more readily available. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, where did you, I guess where I'll go with this now is where mm. did you get the, the thought? Like, was it because you were, we were getting, you know, in some of the, the feedback from something like a jumping course or yeah. a bunny hop course where you just like, you know, the blockage for this person is like, they, they maybe don't understand shifting or they don't mm -hmm. understand, you know, you know, getting going or, you know, side to side motion of the bike or something like there's some of these, as, as you yeah. say, sort of like basics. Fundamentals. Yeah. 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 It's a bit of a combination. Well, I mean, it's been over six years since I've been running the site and yeah, you've been a coach on the site for, I think for, for most of that time, actually. I think and so. Maybe not so, the whole six, but yeah. Maybe not the whole, yeah. yeah, but a good chunk of it anyway. And so the, the inspiration comes from a combination of my in-person coaching and but perhaps even more so the on on like the group rides I've done over the years with people, it's quite it's it's always been quite stunning to me some of the things that riders, whether beginner or experienced, some of the things they don't do or that they don't know, some of some of the things that can make riding life so much more enjoyable and well, satisfying like, some of them safer. are like pre yeah safer for sure um but like they're almost like prerequisites right and i think as coaches sometimes we're like bunny hop bunny hop bunny hop yeah um, but then you're like well this person isn't even like ready right and i i'm trying yeah. to think of a good analogy you know maybe around like school or cars or you know driving a car or something but we'll leave that for mm -hmm. a second i'll ponder that um, you know, you mentioned some of these ingredients. So we, we talked about sort of shifting while you're standing still, pretend you're stuck at the bottom of a hill, you're in your hardest gear because you went down the hill, but then you stopped. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so that's the one that we've been sort of supporting a bunch here for members is this sort of like standing, um, you know, shifting while you're on the bike, but stopped. Yeah. Spot, spot shifting, spot I call shifting. it. And actually, I, I intentionally put that as the very first drill because it's actually not obvious it's, and it's not necessarily easy to learn how to do this but once you become comfortable and proficient at it it's a game changer so you know what i like about it too as, as i'm thinking through this is it also you know the challenge when you're especially with a newer rider is is you always have this you know chicken or the egg almost challenge where you want to get someone riding quickly this is like one of our tenants of coaching is like get them riding yeah. but yeah. you also don't want someone to start riding before they understand how the brakes work uh, um, right? right. Right. So you have to do like a brake yeah. check of some type. Usually, you know, you can do this walking beside the bike or something, but I like this one because it's sort of investing. They're playing with the brakes, right? There's a little bit of coordination mm -hmm. with the brakes. They're figuring out, oh, that's not, you know, they can squeeze them a hundred percent. And then they're also playing with their shifters, which is also something that's pretty hard to teach. Yeah. Um, you know, when someone's riding, cause they're, again, they're new yeah. riders often, they don't understand, you know, they're trying to balance and not fall over. Yeah, if they don't understand which shifters which, like how many times have you been on a ride <laughs> yeah. and they're like, oh which, yeah, which one's up? And someone's screaming like thumb, thumb, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So I yeah, think it's exactly. a really great place to start for that. I don't know if you thought about mm -hmm. it as as including all those things at once. Oh but... yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's often riders become overloaded on the trail with so many things to tend to, so many things to think about. So when you go out and have a specific drill to focus on and explore then you can just you can just focus in on you know some of the shifting drills are 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 literally just on the flat ground and you know you're exploring your cadence you know how fast do your crank spin in the easiest gear and then how fast do they spin in the hardest gear can can you start from the hard gear can you start from the easy gear oh, like all these different you know you're just guided through every possible combination every possible situation that you might encounter out on the trail. And then each of those 
basics are layered upon each other. And, you know, I get into some of these challenge challenge drills, which incorporate, you know, uh, kind of a, a review. And those are even on the practice field, like the grass slope, the, the challenge at the beginning of the second phase of the course, the figure eight and the, the infinity shape pattern on, on a slope. It's this drill that came to me that is a great review of a variety of the building blocks presented in the previous lessons. So um, it's basically for those, you know, that curious about a, a drill to try and, you know, not just beginners try riding your bike in a figure eight on a slope or an infinity figure across the slope. And you're drawing that with your bike, you're working on um, shifting cadence, tight uphill switchbacks, tight downhill switchbacks, dropper post adjustment. You're working on braking. You know, there's a lot of elements that you're incorporating and being able to get clear, get comfortable with that. And then you start to do try, try to doing those as slowly or as tightly as you can to make those shapes, you know, right. you, you, you drill those things and challenge yourself with them. You know, maybe the slope's not steep enough. So you find a steeper slope, even like I, I was so challenged with that drill. So it's like, yeah, any le any level rider can really challenge themselves with a drill like this. And and learn something and hit a limit, reach, reach sort of that uh, moment of like, nope, not going to make this. And you, then you got to figure out how to, how to dab, which is also covered. We're just taking a quick break from today's episode to talk to you about Inside Tracker. So you want to take charge of your health and wellness. That's why you're here. You're trying to do all the right things for your body to get more energy, better sleep, and a healthy immune system, and you probably want to improve your performance. And of course, live a healthy, adventurous life for a long time. But it's confusing out there. There's so much information and misinformation, and what works for someone else might not work for you. You want a clear picture of what your body looks like on the inside. A clear measure of whether your diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting and a clear idea of who and what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. Founded in 2009, Inside Tracker is the ultra-personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. The recommendations that come from the analysis are ultra-personalized, and you can choose the ones that are most compatible with your lifestyle. Each recommendation is directly linked to a peer-reviewed scientific publication. And Inside Tracker doesn't just show the normal biomarker zones, they show you the optimal biomarker zones and numbers that are best for your body. And now, for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com/consummate. That is insidetracker.com/consummate. All right, now back to the episode. Right. Well, may maybe building off of that, then like, what are, you know, maybe people's, you know, their interests are peaked now. What are these mistakes that Ryan's, you know, seeing on the trail? What, what other, like, when you think about you're out on a ride, uh -huh. what, we talked about the being in the wrong gear and just not be like, this is just like, yeah. you know, it takes 10 minutes to remedy that you're in the wrong gear. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. what, what else do you notice? Well, the gear, yeah. Talking about gearing. I mean, there are the riders that end up just what, you know, say they're climbing, they just stay in this same rhythm the whole time. They're, they're, the cadence is the same. They might even stay in the same gear. And when you're climbing and you need to get around a corner, a tight corner, or get over a bumpy bit of trail, you know, varying your, your cadence. So you do a, a, a quick increase of cadence you know, maybe with an extra gear just to gain a little bit of extra speed, but that power burst can really make things much easier when you're, when you're getting around that, that uphill switchback, or you're trying to roll over the, the roots or rocky section without losing traction, you know, yeah. getting, getting used to these variations, being able to read the terrain and prepare for it, plan ahead with these, um, variations, you know, that, and that even goes for, you know, even a, a level more basic than that is actually learning how to 
as you're climbing, you can even vary that power stroke to shift more smoothly. It's amazing, even experienced riders that just clunk, clunk, clunk right, through right. through the gears under full or, or power. Don't, and they don't, as you say, or as they, they don't shift. You know, or they you, don't you, shift. You, you yeah. can't shift. This is like the myth of cycling is that you can't yeah. shift on a climb, right? So there's so many things like this that come into play that are so valuable, but not often covered, let alone covered in a in a you know, a cohesive stepwise fashion package, yeah. stepwise package. And yeah, it, and, it, and I think that, that for me was why this course took so long. It was overwhelming for me to try to figure out what order to put everything in <laughs> that was logical and made sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, people can, you know, choose one or the other and they can hop around a little bit, but you know, yeah, I, yeah. I get to what you're saying, right? Again, it's, it gets back to this, like, well, if someone can't break you know, well, how do you get them braking if they can't be riding before they yeah. can be braking? But yeah. you got you got to be riding to actually brake. Why would you brake if you were standing still? Uh, it's sort of this like weird thing with a lot of the skills, right? Like one requires the other. You know, yeah. everything everything works together. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, was there one that you know, if, if you had to pick like a go to, uh, is there one that was like your favorite uh, of the little drills or movements or or? whatnot if you don't have one i have one but uh... oh cool i want to hear what yours is because you know i'm i'm so close to the project you know they're they're all they're all uh you know there's so much creativity well you'll have to remind goes... me of the name of this hopefully you remember um okay. but there's one where you know you're riding along and you sort of you we do what we would call a butt buzz so you're like getting as far back as you can your butt is almost on the tire okay yeah and then you like slide forward staying really really low almost like yeah way, way farther forward like your knees yep. are coming forward yeah like you're yeah almost yeah over and then you stand up tall and it's almost yeah, like yoga and i was like circle, this is so totally. so ryan leach if it's... you don't know ryan's really into yoga and i was like this is like yeah. a ryan leach merger of a, a drill but it feels so good too yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I'm glad you liked that one. Yeah. There was yeah. A, a couple or one gentleman for sure that I'm thinking about now who just like, he was so into it and I'm like, this oh, is, cool. I don't know if it was meant to be this, like you're at that, but I'm like, kudos if you really like it. <laughs> um, but it sort of accomplished this idea. You know, another discussion we had was that like, you don't stay in a lot of these positions, these extreme positions, right? You might get yeah. to, you know, when you're doing a massive bunny hop, you're pushing the bike ahead and you're almost in that butt buzz, your butt's mm -hmm. so far like over the tire. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, you, when you do it, right? Like sometimes we have photos of you doing it. And I don't know if that's like, sometimes the confusing thing is that like, you're there for a fraction of a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, these positions are so momentary. So many of these positions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of like the, the ride modes conversation, you know, that one drill or that one theory lesson I have called, um, ease, ease the attack. Right, right. This idea that everyone just needs to assume this like elbows out position and just like really, I, I always with the kids, I always say like, you got to say grr, right? And you got to uh -huh. make a grr sound. But yeah, and it was an interesting discussion for sure that this one guy had been using it a lot in his coaching. And it's sort of how do you use it in your coaching without, you know, locking someone into this like rule of thumb strategy. And that's the that's the dangerous thing with with coaching is that and you know, this is something that, you know, for in-person coaching and online coaching, any, any coaching is the, there's this danger of over-exaggerating when you're trying to demonstrate how to do something, there's this urge to over-exaggerate it. And it's often not necessarily obvious then to the student, whether you know, how much of an over exact, you can even say you're over exaggerating it, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, the, there's this whole mimicry aspect of learning and the, the attack position comes out of this over exaggeration theme. It seems. I think so. Yeah. It, Cause you like, it, it, you might be towards that position is the idea, but you're also, you know, your elbows are probably moving and you're, you know, flowing mm -hmm. in and out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it also looks, you know, the, so for those that don't know what we're talking about, you know, it's kind of entered into most coaching realms, most coaching methodologies, no matter what school, this, this idea of an attack position, which is, you know, it's really fairly, taking what we might call a ready position. Yeah. And, and it's making it more, you know, extreme, more elbows out, more knees out, even more like, again, yeah. saying grr and screaming yeah, um, yeah. As, you, as you come into this rock garden or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, cool. This looks, this looks like pro, this looks, this looks fast and skilled and, and, 
really the the consequence can be actually quite negative because you know it looks fast you know your arms are bent your legs are bent your grr yeah and but you know i describe in the in one of the lessons there's two two lessons called reactionary body suspension and dynamic body suspension and so this this links into the attack position because you can think of your body suspension kind of like bike suspension where there needs to be some sag so anyone who's played around with their settings on the bike knows that this is optimally the suspension has some sag so it's it's partially compressed right not that much you know 20 30% depending on the kind of riding you're doing um and the the bulk of it's meant to be used for when you do hit a a bigger bump and so you can think in a similar kind of way with your your body generally you want to but, but the cool thing about our body is that it's intelligent so it can anticipate you know you might get more you might bend your legs and arms so you can then extend into a bump which is part of the idea of sag on your actual suspension bike suspension right. it can go up and down up or down down or up you know depending on what the situation but you can you know, your body's intelligent, which is so cool. So you can really dance around the bike and adjust, anticipate. But in, in general, you don't want to be in a position where all of your body suspension is already used up because you're just going to get bucked yeah, off the super bike. Super low. Yeah. And I like thinking yeah. about that as like you could move in any direction, right? So if, if we were standing yeah. super tall with our joint, you know, our elbows and our knees super extended or fully yeah. extended, then yeah. you wouldn't be able to push the push bike, right yeah right whereas yeah. if we bend a little bit then we do have the option to put pressure into the ground which is most skills start with a bit of pressure into the ground yeah uh, which is not always yeah intuitive. yeah totally and and you know just to link this you know we're talking quite technically and there's you know there's a lot of really cool things we're chatting about but the honestly the whole big picture idea of this is the enjoyment and natural ease and flow of riding your mountain bike, being able to be relaxed and skillful, be able to be in flow. So you, you can enjoy right trail with confidence. You can enjoy being out in nature and, and not being stressed, not being in fear, not being hesitant. Well, and the you nice know, thing, yeah, is that it steps in and they're, they're, they're not easy. As you say, you might, you know, with the standing pedal, you know, stand up, a lot of people, yeah. are gonna get, they're going to get shinned a little bit. You're going to get the pedal <laughs> in the back of the yeah. leg, um, yeah. but they're, they're achievable, right? Most people are getting this in their first session. So that's, yeah. that's really motivating, right? When you're, you know, again, it's not, we're just going straight to bunny hop or massive rock garden and you're intimidated right. and scared, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So now we talked, this is going to, I think, come off of this idea of our, our ready position and being in position and what does this mean and why, um, you know, you're, you're a big fan of, of flat pedals, right? We, we push flat mm. pedals uh, pretty mm -hmm. hard in this. So we have, a, there's a flat pedal challenge. It's 12, yeah. 12 ride flat pedal challenge, I believe is yeah. a cor course you can take. And it takes you through yeah. all these questions you're going to have about which ones to have <laughs> and what gear and what happens yeah. when you come off your pedals. Yeah. What, you know, Related to that, like why, especially for this, this group of, you know, getting to our, our bulletproof basics, why are the flat pedals an important part of that? Mm, yeah. Well, for, for one flat pedals force the rider to learn skills and techniques in the most effective and efficient way from the beginning. This is a way to force the most optimal body movement patterns to manipulate the bike and the concern with clipless pedals is that the being clipped in can quite easily bypass these optimal movement patterns and once those bypassed movements those shortcuts are established bad habits set in and it caps your potential it limits it limits your natural um you know execution of these skills as you become more proficient as you grow through the right. you know the the difficulty levels of mountain biking all of a sudden you you hit a limit far more quickly than those riders who started on clipless pedals 
or who started on flats and, and yeah. learned, learned these effective and efficient ways to uh, move the bike. And yeah. so and I would that's, agree, I right? mean, the primary, primary yeah, reason. And I try, I often say it's like, you need to learn to push into the ground, right? There's more to it. There's tension, you mm -hmm. know, especially you talk about bowl theory between sort of the hands and the feet, but a lot of this comes down to, to pushing, right? And, and I feel mm -hmm. like with the clipless, we don't, again, we can pull up. Mm -hmm. um, so we miss some of the chance to get better at bunny hopping, better at pumping, better at any of these things. But yeah. I think for this group, the, the other key thing is that we also have the option to put our foot down or what you call dab, we all call yeah. dabbing in mountain biking. It's called dabbing, putting a foot down. Yeah. Um, right. And, and I think it's safety. Yeah. yeah. And I always, you know, rule of thumb for me is if, if you, if you're talking about, I I'm worried, I'm not going to unclip or, oh, I didn't yeah. clip in when yeah. you're working on a skill, then yeah. flat pedals need to be used. Yeah, yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. I mean, the extra stress that goes along with well, and wasted time, right? We're talking about how many being... repetitions can we get in our training, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's like of, of ready position of, of any mm -hmm. of this stuff, right? And mm -hmm. if they're not helping, they're not helping. Right? Yeah. And you can always then translate your flat pedal skills to clipless at some point in the future should clipless pedals be needed sure. or required for a variety of well and i try to be the guy who's like on the site i try and always be like okay i'm the cross-country guy the road guy <laughs> yeah. like i still yeah. use them you can yeah. still use them but yeah, take yeah. the challenge and, uh -huh. and learn and then you can always like pick your bikes or whatever right but yeah. i'll say in this last year and a half here where we haven't had racing i've been i still ride my mountain bike with my clipless um yeah. you know if i'm doing intervals or going fast but i try and especially if i'm riding you know with people that you know i'm fairly comfortable riding with or or am faster than i guess i i find it's it's actually really increased my engagement because uh, you have to focus, right? So it's like, I don't know, you hear people talk about barefoot running. I don't want to take us down that path, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like this engagement to the bike. Like I have to think a bit more because it's not as natural as it might be even for you. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been really fun. But I, I, again, I've seen my bunny hops have gotten better with mm. and without. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's really mm, cool. I, I like it. So I try and encourage people, but say it's okay. You can still use them. <laughs> you're setting a good example nice try to work. try to yeah try to. yeah that's that's awesome okay well i think we've we've teased people with that i, I thought to finish you know we have a lot of members uh you've noticed this i'm sure we we have uh -huh. we have one coach griff who i love griff he is the mountain yeah. bike geezer self-proclaimed yeah um but we have a lot of members joining and and for a long time that have been with us that are 40 plus 50 plus 60 yeah. plus what do you yeah. think like what's that about why wh how do we attract how are you attracting these these <laughs> or, or or are they getting to the point where you know they want to spend time on it or what do you think it is yeah it is really cool it's really it's really quite wonderful to see the enthusiasm for the sport of mountain biking across all age groups and the you know can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of phenomenon is something that is part and parcel of the RLC experience because we can and word perhaps gets around that hey you know follow this gradual progression sequence and there's going to be results experienced you know the the, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's one, that's one, that's one thought, but yeah, I, I don't know. I actually, I, I'm not quite sure to be honest. I, I, I don't know. Fair enough. Why? Um, Fair enough. I mean, I, th I think some of it is like you say, you get to a certain age and you know, there's, there's maybe time and maybe you're also getting concerned about, you know, being injured or, or these type of things. Right. So then something mm -hmm. Um, like these balance skills or, you know, even just, as you say, you're getting to an age where you're like, I never learned to wheelie. I always said I would learn to wheelie. Mm, this guy says yeah. he can teach me how to wheelie or my friend learned how to wheelie. Yeah. Um, bucket list kind of sure. stuff. Sure. Yeah. We had a lot yeah, of people over this last true. year and, and I'll say it, it's cool to see, like, I'm pretty good, you know, but a, a lot of my uh -huh. life has been dedicated to XC and, and road. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's more the direction, but you know, I can yeah. wheelie for quite a while. Uh -huh. um, but there are people who surpass me by far, you know, and, and your coaching, <laughs> which I think is a good level to be at as a coach, but, you know, ideally yeah. you know, in the NFL, no coach is better than the, the NFL players. Right. So I've come to sure. terms with this, but yeah, there, we have members <laughs> who, I don't know if you remember, oh, yeah. there was one guy, he couldn't wheelie yeah. and he had this, it was a, a like a cul-de-sac isn't the right word really, but it was oh, like a circle. Yeah. That and was so he so couldn't cool. wheelie, could not wheelie. And mm -hmm. so we started him like one pedal kick, the wheel goes up, it goes down. <laughs> that guy wheelied, 
I think the video, I, I don't know, two minutes at least, but around a circle, this like subdivision yeah. circle, just amazing. And the so guy was cool. so psyched. It was yes. so cool. And I was like, you are much better at wheeling, I think, than I am. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And how cool. I mean, you know, I guess that is the ultimate goal as a coach. I think know. so. Yeah. I think for younger coaches, it's maybe harder to, you know, get there. Um, yeah. But I always think of like NFL, like no NFL coaches is better than the players. So no, that's yeah, where that's I want to be, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good goal. I like that goal. That's, that's my goal as a coach. I, I like that, but I'm excited actually to bring in more of the lifestyle coaching, cultural explorations, you know, well-being coaching into the mountain bike space mm. to combat some of the more powerful mainstream mountain bike media that is always pushing go faster, go bigger, you know, get, get, get fancier bikes and bring in a perspective that honors being in nature, breathing, uh, riding with friends, the more, uh, I guess to me, the, 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 the more sacred aspects of what mountain biking can offer, uh, a human and, and right. their, the rest of their, their lives. And maybe you know, require, so. you know, that's skills, you know, you, you almost require those in somebody to really start, you know, enjoying the sport, right? I always, it's a stepping. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, it just makes sense to have really focused on, on the skill aspect, coaching skills. And it's quite natural to, to, to now be thinking more about offering the, the practices that could fill out the, you know, even, you know, the word spiritual aspects of, of riding a mountain bike and, right. you know, whatever those may be for each individual, but there's plenty to explore in that realm. It's actually quite endless and deep, you know, sure the, it is. the yeah. depth and breadth of what's possible to experience with your mountain bike in nature is pretty fantastic. So, so I think related to spirit, this is probably the last question for today. I know we're getting towards time, but the, this idea of, you know, we could say spiritual, we could say, you know, we're all getting older. We talked about mm -hmm. having older members as well. I had a question. Yeah. This is sort of specific for you, but also mm -hmm. it, you can take it uh, if you want to take it more spiritual, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, how, what have you found, you know, you're, you say you're over 40 now and, and you mm -hmm. can bunny hop very high, very high. Uh. Um, but have you found a, have you found a change as you've gotten into your forties? Like, are you, you know, you, you were very elite, so you must've yeah, found sure. that there's a, some decrease in yeah. some of these power skills. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. I, the key thing, you know, physically, I feel I could pull off some pretty cool shit still if I wanted to my body, like I could condition and prime my body to perform at a very high level still, you know, I have faith and trust in that, you know, my body to do that. Right. But I've got no desire to. You've done it. You know, I've yeah. got, I've, I've been there. I've done that performance kind of like I was sharing about my approach to, to sauna, you know, it's not scientific. It's not like I've got the timer on, you know, inside the, the sauna and I'm measuring measured, the temperature yeah. and then, okay, cold shower, cold plunge, and then back in and, you know, then measure, you know, I don't know. Right. I, I don't care. It's just, sure. it's, it's gone. I've, I've done that. I, you know, it's, I just enjoy enjoy experiences and sure and i don't i don't need to be focused on measurements or be focused on on height or amplitude or pushing myself taking risks to prove anything to anyone let alone myself and you know maybe for for me i'm fortunate because i've i've done that i've 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 been there done that you know a, you know, a, a 60 year old mountain biker who may be missed pushing themselves physically through their lives because they've been so busy, you know, earning a living, raising a family, they, they may feel the same drive I did in the prime of my physical livelihood. And, 
but they still have that, that mental drive to see what they're made of. And that is so cool. That's so healthy. That's so great to, to have that drive, whatever age I'm just saying for, for myself, I, I've lost that and I can't conjure it. I can't make it up. I can't force it. And I like the phrase. It's like, it's something I think you almost got there. It's, it's, it's what you've done. It's something you've done. You did that. Uh, but it's not mm-hmm. who you are. Sure. Right. Yeah. I'm not identified with needing to be this high performing, high yeah. level. You don't need to bunny hop over me to prove that you, <laughs> you're able to ride. Right. Not to say that I don't enjoy doing all that stuff still. I've actually got a trials bike on order and I'm so pumped to really explore my my balance skills on the, on the driftwood, the, the logs and rocks on the beaches cool. here where I live. Like I'm, I'm getting so excited. I can't wait to get that bike built up and start practicing and all of my trial playing. skills and just balance keep and keep playing. You know, that's an experience. That's fun. I, I, you know, it's like this, this meditative zenny kind of experience to balance your bike down logs on the beach. And I love it. So. Okay. Yeah. I think where I'm, you know, that's, I think, answering my question. You feel like you're about the same, maybe a little bit, but you don't need to be pushing. So some of that is, yeah, um, I suppose. But then my other thinking has been, you know, as I've been pushing, you know, I've been trying to follow, you know, sometimes in the courses, I'll just be like, okay, I should go and just like try this one and just make sure I understand what it's like to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I think because of my endurance training, and this is where we need yeah. to do some testing, even though you don't like numbers. Like I, <laughs> I want to see like how high you can box jump or something like this. Some of these explosive oh, tests okay. like off bike to yeah. compare and see like, I guess I'm, I'm questioning how high I could possibly bunny hop. Okay. Right. If I have a very low box jump because I've been endurance trained, I would suspect that mm. my peak bunny hop, mm. all technique considered, mm. if we got me to the best technique, Mm-hmm. I don't know how explosive, how high I could get. I see. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Because you've trained your body in that aerobic, right. or, or even like sprinting. Right. Like I bet the... you, you you have a pretty good sprint on the bike. Yeah, I'm good for shorter. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Get. Right? I I I definitely. I'm not a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a, I, I'm the first to bonk on a long on a long. Epic <laughs> well, you've done BC bike, bike race. You've done BC <laughs> bike race. So you've done. Yeah, it, but, yeah. But that's that's what I would guess, right? I mean, you you have to do all these trials things that are very explosive and like punchy, very, right? Whereas, yeah. like, I would collapse. Like, you have a couple of trials. You, I, I don't know your trials like core something, uh, where you do like you're hopping over this massive uh divider but then you're doing uh-huh. you, you stop and do core or something oh yeah right Jeez, i would have endowed on the first one and then laying on the ground probably. <laughs> yeah um, well i know it is it is i mean you know those are all super fascinating and interesting things to explore and to, to i mean yeah don't get me wrong it, it it is curious and interesting to figure some of that out you know i mean and, I, I think you're also right I, I i like your answer because i think it does ground me a bit in that like it, it's whatever i can hop just keep plugging away, right? It's, yeah. I don't, it doesn't really matter what the, what, what you're doing at like a world class bunny hop level, say, um, you know, uh-huh. just, just keep plugging away. If I can get a little better, that's pretty impressive given how long I've been bunny hopping. <laughs> yeah. And it's also just this mental belief of how high you can bunny hop is, I mean, that's, just, it's really, it's extraordinarily powerful. You know, if you can't visualize the possibility of bunny hopping something higher there's no way you are ever going to well so you know what's unique is those, like I, I i always try and push people in the site i'm always like could you try a log um because sometimes uh-huh. i think it's like the bunny hop bar so you use like a almost like a limbo bar but it's like uh-huh. this bar that's got all this space under it and i'm like i feel yeah. like this is a it's a different ordeal than a log for sure even if you're not touching yeah. a log it is it is challenging yeah. It is. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going to explore that a bit here this summer because it's not something I've done a ton of because it's like I, I only have to hop logs. So I don't <laughs> I've never uh-huh. never gone after it. So I think that's the other way is I can start at a beginner level and, and start progressing that skill, uh-huh. um, you know, which it could be. I, you know, I, I'm not quite at you've hopped chains and these chains across like driveways and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is dangerous terrifying <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and it's gone wrong for me too i've i've, right. I've paid the price through right. my career so right right yeah i think um the 
uh, yeah, the, having something to aim for is really important and helpful. I mean, the bunny hop bar, the limbo bar, it's nice because it's safer or, you know, put some boxes down on the ground or cones or something that can be knocked down without hooking up your back wheel and throwing you over the bars. I mean, that's, that's pretty key for learning, but you know, I, if I try to bunny hop, my highest without anything just on the flat ground with no nothing it's like really weird it is and that's like one of the most common things i say (laughs) in the course is like could you go back and just try with something on the ground have something to aim for and i think our bodies like i think that's borne out in the research as well right like you need to have this this why and what like your brain needs to put the bike over there right or over this you can't just say oh over there's no there's no feedback right yeah totally you need that i mean it's part of you know why visualization works so well when you visualize something there's something to visualize and you know even in real life if there's nothing to to jump over there's no visual reference. So mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can't, yeah. And you got to have a really good imagination <laughs> to make that work. All right. Well, so. this has been helpful. I don't want to keep you too much longer. I've kept you over time. So I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, people yeah. can find this. Uh, I'm sure you can do a Google of Ryan Leach Bulletproof Basics, sure. um, but you can also go to ryanleach.com. Uh, is there any other links? Uh, you know, you're on Instagram. Is there an Instagram yeah, you know, learn, learn.ryanleach.com is the website, or you can find it at ryanleach.com. Yep. Um, yeah, lots of, it's easy to, easy to find the site online. And yeah, there's some Instagram, a couple Instagram channels, a personal one and a, and a coaching one. Perfect. And that's just at Ryan Leach Connection is the, uh, is the coaching, coaching one. And so, yeah, Perfect. but uh, yeah, cool. no, cool. Thanks for the chat. It's great to, great to, chat coaching coach to coach yeah yeah hopefully it wasn't too meandering for people but i think there's you know a, a teaser as far as the the basic stuff and then you know towards the 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 philosophy and, and of bunny hopping there towards the end so mm-hmm. yeah you, no thank i you for your yeah. thoughts on that as well yeah it was fun actually i enjoyed the last part of the conversation here the most so that was that was great glad <laughs> we got into some more esoteric kind of topics <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week.